Hi, Neil Brennan. Hey, uh, here's some dates. March 16th, I'm going to be in Boston at the Sinclair in Cambridge. March 21st, I'm going to be at the Brea Improv. March 28, 29, 30, I'm going to be in Chicago at the Laugh Factory. I'm recording this after the fact. April 12th, New Orleans. I'm coming, and I'm taping an hour-long Comedy Central special in your wonderful town. Uh, so come fuck with me there. It'll be fun. It's the first hour I've ever done for TV. Moshe? Hi, everybody. It's your boy, Moshe Kasher. Excited to be here again. Here are my dates. I'm going to be at Caroline's on Broadway on March 14th through the 18th. These shows are with Natasha Leggero, and you should really come to them because I would love to see all of you. The, come to them. Caroline's on Broadway, Times Square. April 1st, I'll be at One-Eyed Jacks in New Orleans, Louisiana. And then uh, I got the Bridgetown Comedy Festival coming up, and there's some other exciting dates, all of which you can find on my website, MoshaKasher.com. Also, don't forget to buy a Champs t-shirt. Go to BlueCollarDistro.com forward slash The Champs and get your Champs gear so you can fuck with us in wherever town you live in. Hey, this is DJ Doug Pound. No show's coming up, but follow me on Twitter at Doug Pound with two G's. And let's start the show. Now you're fucking with the champs. Hey everybody! Hi. It's the champs once again, recording live from Hollywood, California. Very Doug, is that from a, like back. a uh, what's his name movie? That is Eliota Haynes and Jeremiah. Okay, I should say the name because everyone always twitters at me, and I have to keep repeating the name of it. Ali Hoda James and Jeremiah. Eliota Haynes. It's called Lakeshore Drive. Look up a song called Lakeshore Drive. It's there really you go. Good, really good. Go to town. Hey guys, you guess who our guest is? <laughs> He, well, let me put it to you like this. They probably know because it probably says it on Yeah, it the says iTunes. it. Or you know who it is. But, but we're guess anyway. It's going to be a fun Go ahead and guess. Are you dumb? Is you dumb? Read Are the shit. Are you looking at your phone? Now go ahead and guess, dummy. Uh, this guy uh, is co-creator of Everybody Hates Chris, the creator or co-creator of... Uh, Are we there yet? Something like that, yeah. I, I developed it for television. Yeah, yeah. And uh, was a was a big uh, was a big writer for the Chris Rock Show. Ali Leroy is here, everyone. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I'm fucking with the champs. You are. You, you are, are now officially <laughs> fucking with the champs. Now, Ali, I don't even know where to begin with you. Um, let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. Go. Where are you from? I'm from Chicago. Okay. Born and raised south side of Chicago. So when did you get into, what kind of childhood did you have, and then when did you get into comedy? What kind of childhood did I have, and then when did I get into comedy? Shit, all right, that's a span. How about yeah. just one? Yeah. one, the, one answer one of those. Yeah. I'm going I'm I'm to answer that question like Neil gives out his dates. Did you hear that shit? Like, Neil gives out dates like they're not in order. You know, like, I'll be at this place on March 4th, and I'll be at this place on September 15th, and I'll be at this other place on yeah. January 3rd. It's like, yeah. come on, dude, get sequential, please. If there's oh. one thing we don't do on this podcast, it's criticize Neil. So what you're doing right now I'm breaking is, ground. Yeah, you're breaking ground. You know why? Ground. I'm from Chicago. You know who, you know who <laughs> Fuck edits? Fuck your rules. You know who edits this podcast? Neil <laughs> it Brennan. It is Neil Brennan. Oh, yeah. so, so it's going to end up in the order that you want yes, it, regardless correct, of what that I say. I'm at the 1st of April. <laughs> I will be at... Yeah. All right. Don't uh, bully. Chicago comedy. How did I get it? Uh, damn, growing up, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, my father left uh, when I was six years old, I think. 
Where'd yeah. he go? Uh, he left <laughs> Chicago. Did he, he? Did he tell you? Yes. Well, I don't. You know, actually, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't remember uh, him actually making a statement that he was leaving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think my parents like you, you know where you see sometimes where where the family's breaking up and then they sit the kids down and explain to them what happened. Right. I don't recall Didn't getting, happen. getting that explanation. <laughs> you know, I don't recall there being a formal sort of you right. know your dad's leaving and it's just going to be me and your sister now. Uh, I, I have a. He took your sister. No, he left my sister. He took oh, my okay. brother. He took one of the kids? Yeah, he took oh, one of the kids. Did he really? Smart. Yes. That had to hurt. Can I, did I tell the story of my dad, the story that my father told me, which is my dad now is literally 80, right. 83. He was born in 1930. His, he's one of 13 kids in Chicago. This is some Chicago shit. Right. Thank you. Um, his, I don't know how to relate his to any of parents, this. What about it? Uh, wanted to like get rid of him, so they let a, a couple come and take him for a test drive. Sure. In a car for like a few, for like an hour one Sunday. And then they decided like, Was he no. trying to act all cute and shit <laughs> yeah, while probably. he was in there? He's like. Yeah. And then they were like, you know what? We're going to leave you. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty bad. <laughs> we couldn't give your dad away. <laughs> no, literally you couldn't give him away. <laughs> they took your dad for a test drive? <laughs> yeah. Is he a rickshaw operator? <laughs> no, he was, uh, he was six and they sat him in the middle. Hey, man. You know, you know I just times have changed. Unless there's, you know, they weren't always as good as they are now. No. You that know, now correct, when right. somebody now, takes your kid, they'll raise them someplace else and give them a yeah. new name and, you know, and have kids with them. the whole thing. Now, right. you know, keep them in a basement. Yeah, yeah, molesters used to be lazy. Right. You know, this is too much work. If you would like to get in my van, <laughs> I would welcome you, but yeah. I'm not going to force you. Yeah, I'm not, you I'm you, if I got to choke you and, you know, put a bag on your head. <laughs> I'm do all that. Yeah. You know, you want to come or you don't. This is just a hobby for me. I don't want to make it a full time thing where I have to get equipment. <laughs> right. So uh, my mom and dad broke up uh, when I was about six years old. Uh, was, this, was South Chicago, when you were growing up, a terrible neighborhood, or was it not? No, well, I mean, you think about it like this. When, when you're a kid living wherever you are, you don't view it through the lens of people who have had it better than you're having it, right. thinking that it's bad or good. It just totally. is what it is. So right now, there's some fucking kid in Mogadishu that's thinking, ah, this shit ain't so bad. And then, right. you know, 20 years right. from now, he'll go, I did what? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, was, I was in the Janja weed when I was six? He'll say Damn. It, he'll say it like that, too, even though he's African. <laughs> I did what? <laughs> what? Say what? <laughs> say what? <laughs> It's just, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's funnier like that. Yeah, it no, really is. That is the work. funniest, yeah, the <laughs> funniest way to react to anything. Well, that's, I, people always ask, my parents are both deaf, and people always will say, oh, what was it like growing up with deaf parents? I have no answer because I don't have any experience growing up with parents that can hear. So right. I just, I don't know. Sounds regular. When did me. you realize, like, what? Oh, that was a little fucked up? Um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he did what? <laughs> what? Yeah, it just just recently, just recently, I've kind of come to grips with the fact that I'm severely emotionally and mentally disturbed, you know, and I've been wreaking havoc in my life and in the lives of other people for a long time. I feel like you're kind of being honest right now. Oh, no, I am. Now you're really a and, and wondering what the fuck was wrong with them. Like, what the hell's wrong with you people? Well, how'd you figure it all out? So no, no, what, what were you doing? What the fuck? What was I doing? I don't know, man. Were I, you ever married? Uh, I am. Oh, are you? Yeah, I'm married 20 years. It'll be 21 years 
in uh, September of 2013 in case this podcast gets lost and somebody needs a reference for time. And she wasn't, she hasn't brought to your attention what a fucked up individual you are? What do you mean she hasn't brought to my attention? <laughs> yes, that's, that she makes it a point of bringing to my attention. That's what I, and you just <laughs> realized? You just finally started listening to her a couple weeks ago? Well, you know, when you're, when you're a comedian, you know, you view shit through your own lens, man. It's right. like, you know, all right, I understand that you think that what I'm saying and doing and, and how I'm acting is wrong, but that's because you don't understand. Right. Yeah, uh, every fucking comedian is is disturbed. Yeah. You know, that's why we do this shit. You know, yeah, if you were a sane, you know, balanced person and well-adjusted, you'd have no need to fucking walk around trying to get people to like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand? <laughs> yeah, who does that? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I guess what do normal people do? They just assume people like them or they there don't are, care? There are no normal people. That's yeah. the secret. There but, but, I mean, but the, I mean, true, there are no, you know, whatever the baseline of normal is supposed to be. But, you know, that added extra attraction of going out and trying to get masses of strangers to like you yeah. is some bizarre shit. Yeah. You know. They, True. Most people just don't fucking do that. Right. Yeah, you know, I got an idea. There's not enough people in this one room liking me. I'm gonna leave and, <laughs> and I'm gonna get some people to pay me and then like me and see how that works I'm out. And then if they don't like me, fuck them because yeah. they, don't they don't know any it. better. It's fucking asshole. What? So what? What have you realized in the last few weeks has been your problem? <laughs> some Morris Day purple rain. What is your main problem? <laughs> um, what, what is my main problem? Oh shit, man! I don't know. Um, well, let's keep talking. Let's let's. Are no, you no, because no, he's never going to answer this again. I know. Right, I might not answer it this yeah, time. That's he's what gonna, I'm saying. I was no, trying I to get my bridge out. Let's see, and if we if we, if it gets slow, we edit it out. Otherwise, we <laughs> otherwise we got him on the hot seat where we want. <laughs> right. What what is my main problem? What is my main problem? Um, well, no. Oh, I, all right. I do know this. I was neglected. I was severely neglected as a child. I did not know that at the time, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't find out until later that there's a particular type of attention and interaction that I'm looking for. And I just recognized in, in the last couple of years that when that's not happening, then, you know, damn the torpedoes, I'm going to get that sort of attention. You know, and you don't you don't you actually don't have the wherewithal to tell somebody, okay, look, before you start fucking around with me, here's some shit you need to know. Right. If you ignore me, <laughs> you know, remember the chick in the movie with the rabbit? It's like, uh -huh. hey, Dan, I will not be ignored. Yeah, kinda like that. It's like I'm just not gonna burn your rabbit. You know, right? You're but just gonna, I, what are you going to do? I, I I don't really want to say on on this podcast. <laughs> but that's what this podcast is for. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately for me, <laughs> all right. So like like so this morning, right? There uh, we go. No, no, no. So th this morning, uh, um, uh, I, I guess I posted some shit on Facebook, and so uh, one of my wife's friends calls her and says, um, "You know, your your husband's a misogynist." He doesn't like women, whatever. And so she is that what you posted? I don't like women. I did, I did not write that. Especially my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Updated at eight thirty-two a.m. No, fuck women. <laughs> Especially my wife. I did not write that. What, whatever I wrote, and I, because the woman wouldn't tell my wife whatever it was that I wrote that that upset her so. You know, and I was like, look, man, it's like, I don't know what the fuck I wrote. It's like, do I write some jokes at the expense of women? Sure, but I write some jokes at the expense of everybody. Mm -hmm. I said, now, here's the thing about the Facebook page. I said, there are people who disagree with shit that I say. Well, it's right there on the page, you know, and that's the great thing about the open forum is that, you know, you, you invite a certain criticism by putting yourself out in public. Yeah. And then people critique you and then you fight back and forth and then tomorrow you do something else. Uh, it's, it's tough out there, man, you know. 
it, 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 the, the, that particular thing operating in a world with with the internet and Facebook and that sort of interactivity, the reality that as a guy who doesn't do stand up anymore, but I still like I still like the exchange mm-hmm. of, of writing jokes. I still like to get that response. Mm-hmm. You know, I still like to do that. So that's where you know that neglect thing yeah. comes in. It's like, yeah, I'm in the house with one person right now, and as much as she might be able to address you know uh, you know emotional needs and all that sort of shit, it's like, yeah, but you're not 500 people yeah so the thrill of of having 500 people are having and like that kind of doesn't go away and that's you know and that's because of neglect okay well let's talk about when did you start doing stand-up and then how long do you do it and then when did you decide to be a writer uh i first well i started in groups first uh improv groups yeah uh a sketch i I didn't do improv uh and for people who are in sketch you know there's a fine distinction and it's very important thank you we wrote our shit and then we went and performed it You used to do a big improv show, right? With no. Chappelle? That, yeah, no, we, we, you guys we had wrote a, great a lot improv. of it. You we guys wrote had a, a gra- lot of it. It was great, great skits, though. Improving yeah. and ad-libbing are two different things. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. <laughs> when you ad-lib, there's something to add to. <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah, I did. Uh, I probably started in about uh, 79, 80, something like that, uh, doing group shit in clubs in Chicago. Uh, then we traveled for a while. Uh, doing like the college circuit and and early TV, you know, it's like it shit's a long time ago. How but, how many people were in the group? Uh, when we really got on the road functionally, it was like three. Okay, and yeah. who were they? Uh, myself, Lance Crowther, right? Uh, who's probably best known? Pootie uh, Tang, yes, and uh, a guy named Tim Miller, who's no longer doing uh, stand up or or uh, right stuff out of chicago uh so so we toured for a while doing that and and and, you know we were out in new york when usa was first starting to do comedy comedy cuts the the hot channel and uh the comedy channel was like it's two different channels at the time it wasn't comedy central yet um sinbad had sinbad's brother mark atkins used to uh, produce a show called uh comic justice remember yeah yeah, in fact i remember i remember i believe lance did the bit where he changed outfit Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were part okay. of the sketch group on Comic Justice. Yeah, uh, AJ Jamal uh, hosted. Remember yeah. AJ? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So AJ AJ hosted. We did a, so we did. A, we wrote on that for a couple of. Uh, they did like two seasons of it, I think. Were you excited okay. when you moved out here? Were you ex- like you were doing well? You were making a living doing. Sketch? Well, see, I just I just moved out here, uh, maybe like. 2002 2003 something like that um because i had been on the road i toured extensively with bernie mac for about five six years oh did you really yeah yeah i used to write for bernie regularly and then i toured for him as well what were you you were opening or saying yeah 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 yeah. so i i did uh uh this is all before bernie did kings of comedy too got it uh you know he was a huge road act so in the late well actually it was like the early 90s up to about 94 Five ninety six is when I was working with Bernie, and yeah, he was doing you know three thousand, five thousand seat houses before the Kings Comedy. Right. Uh, so I was touring with him then, and uh, this is before I went to do the Chris Rock show. So I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm jumping around like you do with your bookings. Sure. Uh, <laughs> right. It's not, but you can edit it and put it in the right just, order. No, I'm not going to do that. Right. Because you've insulted. Oh, so me. so you're going to take your shit and put yes, it in I'm order, but mine is just going. Yours will remain in discombobulated mess. Right. That's fine. Just read my book. So, uh, so yeah, I did the group thing for a while until like mid to late 80s. Then I went solo 
because uh, when you're in a group, you know, chances are that shit's going to fall apart because right. different people have different responsibilities, whatever. Uh, so, so you're saying when you're in a three-person project, the odds of it falling apart are very high? Are very high. Huh. huh. I'm looking at you, Doug huh. and Neil. Huh. <laughs> yes. I see you. And chances but, but, are... But, if, it, but it, you stuck with you and Lance became partners so yes me and lance i'm, uh, I'm uh, looking at this guy tim uh yeah it's tim's fault yeah what the fuck happened to tim man <laughs> yeah so uh the group broke up uh i was doing solo stuff lance was doing solo stuff we made a decision that we would uh work together and start writing and and then chris called us as a matter of fact and pulled us into his hbo thing and this is uh you know this overlaps with my working with Bernie and and some other things. And Lance had been out for a while doing stand up as well. So. What can you tell us anything about Bernie that that we? What are your what are your like kind of memories of Bernie? <laughs> what can I tell you about him? Um, you know, he was a showman. You know, and I mean, I knew Bernie from from the late seventies. Uh, when he was working around Chicago doing late night sets at, you know, like the shittiest clubs in town. And and Bernie was never accepted into uh, any of the mainstream rooms. So, you know, when there were improv and zanies and in Chicago, the funny firm came along and then Catch Rise and Star uh, started doing franchise rooms, uh, funny bones. Bernie never worked any of those places. Right. <laughs> uh, especially in Chicago, he would always find like a jazz club right. or, or like a restaurant that had a dead night. Right. And and he would do a comedy show. So all of all of his notice coming up out of Chicago came primarily from him creating his own room, booking his own show. And he had a real throwback style. You know, uh, you know, Bernie would write a bit, but he didn't have a problem with doing a joke book joke either. You really? Know? Oh, shit, That's man. Funny. You know, he, he's, you know, Bernie is one of them thousand joke guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, if he doesn't have one that he wrote, he'll give you a good would one. Would he personalize it and be like, so I was at the, I went to the zoo yesterday. Oh, yeah, this, oh, yeah, chicken, yeah. this chicken crosses the road, right? <laughs> right, right. He was, I ain't he, scared I mean, of that chicken. He's genius at that shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's like, yeah. I, he, I'm not mad at that. He, he was unabashed. He did not. He, because his thing was, uh, you know, he was just trying to give a good show. And it's like, hey, I'm standing here. If I provided the laugh, then I'm funny. Right. That's that's the way that works. So he would do his bit, you know, whatever the material is he wrote. And he had a ton of it. But like I say, he just didn't have a problem fucking throwing out a, a, a you know, nice road worn joke book joke that'll that'll take it I home. I scared of you motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, from a joke book, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't scared yeah, yeah. of you motherfuckers. Do you, do, uh, all right. So I'll tell you I'll tell you a story about I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Uh, you might not know this. Uh, so when Bernie does Def Jam first appearance. Uh, he's out in New York. I don't know who the act is that goes on before him. But the guy that goes on before him, in Bernie's words, got ate up. Yeah. <laughs> Crowd fucking tore him. I do, I do not know who it is. So the guy comes off. I guess he's, you know, you know, down because it's, you know, New York crowds. They, you know, nothing, worth, nothing they love more than to boo somebody yeah. off stage. Sure. It's not, be- be- it's better not than a- enjoying the show is fucking re- yeah. wrecking the show. All part, of a, all part of a complete <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> you know, they'd love to give a standing ovation, but it's even better to boo somebody <laughs> off the stage. Right. You know, <laughs> they, they're always disappointed at James Brown. They're like, we never got to boo him off. <laughs> so, so Bernie comes out and... And his thing is, he's really telling them, I'm not scared of you motherfuckers. Yeah. That's, not, that's not a joke. He's actually telling them the truth. He's going, this is my bit. This is what I'm doing. Fuck you guys. I'm not scared of you. He wasn't, that wasn't humor on his part. He was just right. telling the truth. And then they laughed you at motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, I, re- I remember hearing that as it happened. I remember yeah. it. It's, did you ever uh, do Def Jam? I did not, no. 
Um, did uh, now because Bernie made his? Would do you think he would have done just as well at the Funny Firm at Zany's at? Because the thing about doing, I would assume he's performing mostly for black crowds, right, right? Right. And if he had performed for white crowds, maybe he wouldn't have been the same performer. No, not true. But um, you know, you're just not presented in the same way. And there's a, uh, you know, I, I know he went out and he, you know, he he used to open. Uh, well, he opened for Red Fox a few times out in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that fit. Yeah, you know, like Red Fox gave him five minutes, you know, go out there and do your thing. Yeah. You know, and then you know, like, come on, you get the fuck off, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that works because, you know, you know, the Red Fox style is like Bernie was much more in that class and style of comedian than what people by the mid 80s had become accustomed to seeing, you know, whether it was on Carson or Letterman or, you know, those outlets where we were. Doing How that. would you describe it? Because I know what you mean, but I'm just I, I wonder what how to describe it. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you never heard album comedy, <laughs> you know, if you've never heard a Red Fox album or a Pigmeat Markham album or, or, or uh, um, come on, who's Baham- Bahamian Juice? Dick Gregory. Yeah. If you've never heard a Dick Gregory record or a Richard Pryor record, you know, there was a way of performing that, that was, uh, you know, they were professional comedians. Yeah. Well, Bernie, know? I feel like I talked about this on the show once. He told Godfrey the comedian like you don't have to worry about killing the whole time right you, you can have waves yeah as long as you just kill often enough start strong in strong and get a nice couple of good punches in the middle and half of that shit is 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 charisma it's commanding yeah. the stage it's almost well that's the thing is when you're not doing as well you almost have to be more charismatic. Dude. Well, it almost it was, becomes it was, a preacher thing or just like an organizer thing. So, it, so check this out. When I, when I used to, when I first went out with Bernie, um, you know, I had been accustomed to, to, you know, doing, you know, 40 minute sets in clubs and whatever. I was headlining a few places. Uh, but, you know, you go out on that stage and you're in an auditorium and this stage is, you know, 35, 40 feet wide. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not some, you know, eight foot wide comedy club stage. That shit's huge. Yeah. So when I first went out, I felt like I needed to work the stage. You know, I need to go talk to these cats way over on the left wing and then get all the way back over and talk to the people on the right wing. And what it occurred, what occurred to me is that I probably look like I'm running all over the place and that I'm scared to death. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was getting some, you know, I, I would, you know, the material was okay. You know, I mean, I was happy with it. I, you know, I would get laughs, but I'm the opening act. So because I'm the opening actor, not there to see me, you know, they're trying to find their seats, they're getting their drinks, they're taking coats off, all this type of shit. And, you know, and here I am running around the stage and they don't even know who the fuck I am. So after a few shows, what I started to do was stand still Mm -hmm. because I figured, okay, cats are walking in. They're going to hear a voice. They maybe they think it's Bernie when they come out, whatever. Uh, But when they walk in and they're trying to find their seats, I'm going to make it a lot easier for the audience to find me and to pay attention to me if I'm standing still. Also, if I'm standing still, it looks like I'm not nervous. 
Yeah. I'm just standing there. I'm doing my shit. Come on in. Sit down. I see you. I see you. You see me. You know what's funny is I don't know if I agree with you or disagree with you because you've heard Chris's take on that. Well, well, but I'm I'm approaching it from from being the guy who's the opening Not the headliner. Right. I'm not the headliner. Yeah. So it's it's important for me to give off a certain air of confidence. And, you know, you standing there looking cool. Then, you know, like all right, he looks like he knows what the fuck he's doing. (laughs) You know, and then they, you know, it's easy for them to focus and to listen. And I'm not running around. And my command of the audience changed. Now, if I'm the headline, I can go do what the fuck I want. They're right. there to see me. Did but Bernie the, move much? Uh, a little. Yeah, he know, didn't move. I don't remember him moving yeah, a ton. Eight, eight, nine feet. You know, a couple of steps off this side, a couple of steps off that. He didn't. But, run I mean, all everything's the place. different. I mean, Chris. What he's st- Chris and Dane Cook stalked the stage, and Stephen Wright's never moved in his entire career. You know, Stephen Wright moves back and forth. I think. I don't think so. I thought he did. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, yeah. I, but you know, I, I heard I was we were I was at uh, coffee the other day, and there was a group of comedians talking shit about an, another comedian that was not there. Which were you is, with them? Or uh, you yeah. overheard them? No, I was with them. Yeah, and we were all talking shit about a comedian that wasn't there, which mm-hmm. is what you know. That's just that's what that's what you do. Legally, well, that's what you do. No, <laughs> tell me you've never done that. I've never done that. Come on. You said tell you that. I didn't uh, say it was true. <laughs> I'm just doing what you told me to now do. Now that's improv. All right. Uh, Go on. And <laughs> that, my friend. <laughs> and now you're doing improv. Right. And. Uh, and they go, they were all saying about this person, that person has to kill. And it was an insult. It was like, they have to kill. Like, and I knew what they were talking about. You know what I mean? Like what you're talking about, waves and right. stuff. Like they were saying about this person, like that person just has to kill. That's their thing. Like I got to get up there and I got to kill every time. And it's not who you think it is. I can see you. No, I don't, I don't think it. I, I, well, no, I'm thinking that's another one of those things of like, do I agree, do you agree or not? Do I, or, or do I... I think I agree. What, do I think that's an insult to say that someone always has to kill? Because well, I've heard like Dana Carver, Warren Thomas told me that Dana Carver used to say like, I w- literally want someone to have a fucking heart attack. Right, right. I want to kill that hard. And I always think about that. It's like, good, good for you. I hope, you know, it's I, like. I hear what you're saying. And I agree, actually. I don't, uh, I don't, I didn't necessarily agree with them, but I got what they meant, which is I do think as you become more older and more sophisticated and more grounded as a comedian, you can kind of. You can do what you want. I mean, they're trying too hard every time. Yeah, I don't. I I don't, I feel like me now compared to me five years ago, the need, the sort of lust to murder every second that I'm on stage isn't there as much. I, I want to like kind of have an experience and and. But well, I mean, but you know, different cats are bringing different things to tell. And that, that whole notion of uh, of I gotta kill, you know. I mean, if we're on the outside looking in, which I guess is what we're doing, you know, that that just might be what that energy feels like, you know, to that person. They need to feel like they left it all on the stage, and that the audience feels like they left it all on the stage. And and sometimes that's the thing for them, you know. That's like fucking. I think the only problem comes up when you're doing a twenty seater. Well, that's right. It's hilarious you know to I mean? watch. Like that's the problem is when yeah. a, a friend of mine said that he used to see uh, Rage Against the Machine <laughs> right. play in small empty clubs, <laughs> yeah. and it was the fucking biggest embarrassment. Right? Because no. what are you raging against? Yeah, no, and no one's there. One guy watching. jumping up and down. There's this. Com- there's this comedian. Uh, I don't know if I should say his name, but Heath Heisch. I mean, uh, I know no, the name. He's a. He's so a, you made the decision right at that moment to say the name. <laughs> I mean, I did because I know that he can edit it out. Yeah. If I decide because you made. I can, but you weren't I sure, and then you decided. Well, I just was trying to figure out if I was what I was about to say is uh, is brutally uh, uh, fucked up or we'll not. Decide. I don't think it is. Uh, 
But if somebody had told Well, if it is, you can always say, well, fuck it, he can edit it out. Exactly. So somebody was saying they were opening for Heath, and he's got an act that it's like, it's like a Vegas act. I right. mean, he, he pulls, he's not just doing props, he's doing like, he'll put a suit on where there's another man on this, like a right. dummy on the suit, and they're riding a, a, a two-seat bicycle together, and right. then like, he's putting on a cowboy hat, and he's riding, I mean, he's, it's huge Vegas. A lot of stuff act. going on. Very much so. So, uh, so this dude was saying he was opening for him. He just said he was opening for him for like a, a string of eight shows or something. And when he would be killing, I mean, it would just be amazing. Right. But when he would be bombing, it would be the exact same show. Like he wouldn't, <laughs> adju- he couldn't adjust. Yeah. He had no ability to adjust. Right. He only had one speed. So, and there's nothing like watching a guy bomb like with like 90 props being <laughs> What you're talking about. about, it goes to the burning thing of like different kinds of laughs. But, right. but I, th- I feel like there's so few comics who, the only person who ever got a different kind of laugh was Pryor. That I would like Chris's act is airtight, Eddie's act is airtight, Chappelle's act is airtight for the most part. Like Dave is more, his jokes are more elliptical. But but so I so when someone says they want to kill, it, it like Pryor had those like more like poetic sort of uh, patches. Right. So I gotta be like. But you kind of should kill. Well, look, have you never had the experience of having an opener in front of you? You're headlining a club and somebody's opening <clears throat> and they're clearly auditioning for the club. Oh, to yeah. Be right, right, like right. That. And yeah. you're just like, oh, come on, man. I mean, like, you got to do what you got to do. You're the headline. You got to go on and do the show. But you're just like, can you come on? We don't need to give your fucking treatise on all ever, you know. And, and then my dad came back and said, hello, son. Whoa! But, I think you that's know, what it means. But I you think, also have to look at it from the perspective of the cat who's trying to get on. No, absolutely. No yeah. doubt. And yeah. I get why, because I've been the right, same you're trying dude. trying to get on. But it's like, at a certain point, you're like, oh, all right. I see what you're doing. You're doing your big thing here. You know what I mean? And then you get on, or I get on, and I'm having, I'm trying to have an, a, a sh- give a show like and just have a good time. Right. I well, mean, Moshe I, tries to bomb. Yeah. I try, and I <laughs> He's succeed He's like one of those guys that has to bomb every I, time. <laughs> I succeed almost every night. Just come on and set a piano on fire or some shit. That'll... Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I feel like that should be the goal. But if you have to, if you're fucking the stool, if you're fucking the piano, if you fuck the. Just if all you the jerk things. off into the can beer, shoots on the crowd. Like, that's right. one of those things. Like, I, I like all right, that all that your references are sexual extremism yeah. references. Well, no, but or, or you got to take a prop out. Or you gotta. There's another. Show. I did a show with uh, with Chris in Brooklyn, and it they weren't great at Hannibal show in Brooklyn, <gasps> and they weren't great. I did great. I or I did good, and then my closer and then my closer That's worked, wow. and then Chris was doing like sort of trying shit out, and then he closed with what he's gonna close his next HBO special with, right. and I go. You had to close, didn't you? And he's like, I fucking had to close. I that couldn't not I do my closing because he didn't want to. If you do 45 minutes, you don't kind of don't want to go like, all right, everybody, I'm going to get out of here. You want to close with the big thing. Yeah, because, you know, if you were okay with not closing, you probably wouldn't fucking be a comedian yeah. on stage. That's right. Right. Yeah, it goes if you, back to if what you had saying. the ability to just whatever happened just happened and then you were fine just leaving, then you would not <laughs> fucking charge people a lot of money to come see you do shit. Yeah. You wouldn't need, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't need to close. Yeah, you it would be unnecessary. <laughs> uh, okay, so so you're so so you were opening for Bernie, yep. and then Chris calls, and were you sort of torn about? Do I want to be a writer? Am I sick of the road? Am no, I- no, no, no. I was no. I I never intended to be on stage. I, really? I, no, I never intended to be on stage. in your life. Never did. It it happened. Uh, it, it it was happenstance. I when when I was in high school, I was approached by Lance. Uh, because I was writing a comedy column in the school newspaper. 
And Lance is like, hey, we got a group. He saw that I was writing funny shit, and he was like, hey, we got this group. You want to come be in the group? So that's what I did. I never intended to be a stand-up. I became a stand-up when the group broke up, and it's like, fuck, I'm down this street now. You know, may as well keep going. So it was never, ever my intention to to be a performer. Uh, That all happened as a result of writing. So when I got back to uh, writing, for me, it was actually I'm kind of where I want to be. But, you know, I still have that. I do have a performance bug. I do enjoy it. I like it. I think I'm good at it. There was a, you were in a sketch one time that fucking you gave a line read. The it was you were in prison, <laughs> and uh, I'll run it if I can find it online. I'll run it. But god damn it, me and Chappelle used to do it fucking constantly. You were like, <laughs> you go. It was Chris said something. You go. You were via satellite. You go, Chris, man, Chris. Right, right, Chris. Right. <laughs> And it was so goddamn. Fun. It was a pr- and it killed. He got it was a fucking huge laugh off. Just like Chris, Chris, come on, come on, come on, Chris, man. Chris. Come on. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but you remember it? Yeah, no, I know exactly. It was black guy. Yeah, we did, we did three or four of those sketches where, uh, um, you know, we had we had the talking heads. I was black guy. Uh, Wanda was a woman, and Tom Agna was white guy. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just the yeah. demographic and shit. And then yeah. it would be some topic and we'd be talking about it. Yeah. And then, you know, I'd, whatever I'd say. But Chris, that's some bullshit, man. Chris, Chris, come on. Chris, Chris, come on. Chris. <laughs> yeah, and then that's the joke. But that's one of those things. It's like all comedy writers are can perform yeah, in some yeah. ways. But, and that was a that perfect example. Well, true. you know your well, bit. Not, that's, not, that's not entirely true. But there are guys that like you... They're like, or do this, and you like fucking just bang. I can do it. You know? I, right. I, I know what the bit is. Yeah, like I can do that. I can act for four minutes. Right. You know, it gets past that, and like, oh yeah, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just fucking run out of. I don't, know, I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm good. Four minutes, I can act, and then I'm. I gotta go. You know, maybe three. I can do that too. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. So. Oh. So you were like, oh, good. Finally. Someone's gonna let me write. Was it more like that? Well, it, you know, here was the here was the real practical approach to it. You know, um, you know, I was doing stand up, and and honestly, I I look at certain performers, and I know that they just love it yeah. up there. They fucking can't wait to get on that stage and get that mic in their hand and get everybody, you know, doing a thing. And as much as I'm a neglected, you know, have a child inside and and want. We're gonna that get attention. to that later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I didn't have the same fire to get out there and be in front of that audience as those other guys. But I thought, but I really love being funny and I love creating. I'm going to get in this other line. This other line, for me, in a very practical sense, was a shorter line. It's like every fucking body wants to be on. Nobody wants to go and, and create and, and write and be, right. you know, and this is a weird way of looking at it. I thought comedians inherently in my brain and actors, I go, they're consumers. You know, a lot of times they're waiting for people to come up with shit so they can do something. Comedians less so because, you know, at least you, you write material, you go into a club, yeah. whatever. Yeah, but when you're an actor, when you just get into that place where you're just a performer, you know, you got to wait for somebody to come up with something. Right. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, why don't I be the guy to come up with shit? Right. You know, then my fate is absolutely Which even, always. and we've talked about on the show, even in the black community is even less popular oh. than, than in the white community. The writing? Yeah, like right. Oh, to go be a writer and developer. Oh, like it's kind of like, oh, you're writing. Like so, shit. What did you lose your leg or something? Yeah, yeah. You know, no. It 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 really means very little. And then just historically, you know, as a as a black guy who's a you know who's a comedy showrunner or whatever, you you know, there might be a couple of dozen of us. Yeah, you know, 
Yeah, you know, I mean, where, really, if we if we held the meeting right now, do they not have a meeting? No, we don't have a meeting. I we mean, should that, have that one. That was a serious question. I mean, you'd think there would be a an organization <laughs> yeah. of some sort. You, you know, the 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 last few guys I can think of 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 any note, uh, Larry Wilmore. Larry Wilmore's been on the show. Uh, Bentley Evans. Uh, Bentley Kyle. Bentley Kyle Evans. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bentley Farnsworth, uh, the, well, the butler. Right, of that's Puffy. the other guy. That's oh, a, yeah. Yeah, he's just. He, he runs the show of that house, though. <laughs> he runs the show inside the closet where they pick out clothes and <laughs> hand out the umbrellas. You're saying Puff is in the closet? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you spin that. As <laughs> a champ's exclusive. Spin. I don't know if that's a spin. Wow. <laughs> Twirl. <laughs> there you go. All right, we're searching for words here. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, literally in the last, and I mean, there's been a few women as, as well. Wasn't uh, one of the guys who did Married with Children black? Uh, Michael Moye. He was black, dude, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, th- this this might be this might not be on the money, but uh, the the way I understand the story is that Married with Children uh, was a concept that Moye developed, and it was originally called Not the Cosby's, and mm-hmm. it was supposed to be an an answer to the uber positive. Right. Everybody's a doctor and a lawyer, blah blah blah. You know that that Bill Cosby was doing because he was huge on NBC at the time, and so that was kind of an answer to that. Now I don't know at what point you know if I've it heard was, that. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. as well. So I don't know if it was originally a black family and they turned into a white family or trailer trash, whatever. Is I don't know what all those things are, but yeah, Michael Moye is probably the singular most unsung, right? You know, a uh, black show. Did any, the, now, did any of the good times, they had a black staff, right? Uh, or like a lot of black writers or no, it was mostly true? I, yeah, I don't think so. Have you ever heard the, the Sanford and Son story? No. Uh, again, this could be apocryphal. I don't know. Well, what did I you heard? hear it nope. from? Uh, I heard it from a, a white comedy writer. All right. Uh, apparently at some point, Fred Sanford was like, uh, fuck it, I'm sick of all these white Fred Sanford. Uh, uh, right, right. Uh, Red, Red Fox. Fox. Was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm sick of all these white dudes writing for me. White dudes, some of one of whom included Gary Shandling, sick of all these white motherfuckers writing for me. I want to get all brothers in here. I wish you had done the Red Fox voice. Yeah, no, no. people don't trust black people. <laughs> uh, so he, so he does, so he gets all black writers, and uh, they do a read through, fucking tanks. Right. And Red apparently goes, "Give me back my Jews." <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's true or not, I don't know. Have you heard about who Becky? No. <laughs> I just heard this the story. thing I just do for the homeboys. I just heard the story about Roseanne. <laughs> right. And uh, Roseanne, like, who was famous for... I already liked that. I think <laughs> I know what this means. Who, who was famous for bringing in her buddies, mm-hmm. her stand-up buddies, and sometimes just her buddies to come be on the writing staff. And she would force people, you know, she would... That, she's, like, sort of famous for it. Yeah. And so she brought this person in who's a stand-up, I guess, to go to, like, do punch-up and be on the writing staff. And they were doing a reading. Swag. They were doing a reading, uh, like, of one of the scripts. And she goes, who Becky? <laughs> The one of the, one of her writer friends said that she brought someone to write on Roseanne who goes who Becky who Becky who is are you Roseanne's daughter on the television and she knew show. that she didn't know the show <laughs> she didn't at all know. <laughs> and it was a black woman I don't know if it was a black woman well you did the black voice like like that's know? the voice I did for the kid in Mogadishu it was the same voice <laughs> just saying you stealing my shit man come all- on. <laughs> Just gonna take well, the I'm fucking a, black voice and apply it to everybody. I'm an old school comedy guy. I'll steal someone's <laughs> voice and just yeah. do that. I don't like it, Bernie Mac. Episode one, like that. you know, season one, episode one. No, you know, no, one, no, no this one was like well, this well into the show. I don't know if the woman was black, but I know that the story is who Becky, not who is Becky. I know that I know that the intonation was black. <laughs> I know that the verbiage was black as well. I right. might not make it out of this podcast. Because you did not say who's Becky. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Which would have made it white. The story is who Becky, not who's, who who's Becky. Becky. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh so so yeah, so there weren't I guess yes, there weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of 
black. There weren't a lot of black writers. I mean, there just aren't a lot of black writers overall. No, and I and I mean, I, and right now I'm focusing on on the guys, and you know, so the, you know, that, I, that's, that's Martin, Jamie, uh, the Bernie Mac show, and Chris Rock. Right. <laughs> uh, the Don Rio, white guy, ran Damon's show, so you know that's off the table. I guess you got uh, uh well, I guess you got Townsend because Townsend did the Parenthood, but he was kind of you know Town, Townsend is is a precursor in an odd way to Tyler Perry. Yeah. You we've know. had we've had Robert on the show as well. Yeah, yeah. So so in in his own way, he's 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 a precursor to where to where Tyler was because when he did uh, uh what was that thing they they did with Keenan, um, the Hollywood Shuffle. No, no, not Hollywood Shuffle. What was Robert's variety show? Uh, the Robert Townsend show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Partners in Crime. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that that was Robert's thing, and then you know then he got to Parenthood. So you that know, is just, actually one of my goals for this show is to get more black dudes writing. All right. Well, this, I know that sounds good. corny, that's, but like, no, that's pretty. Like, sincere. I do. I really do want more black dudes to write because they just don't, and they don't see it as even like a viable option. Yeah, you know, the, I I think they think of it if if they're going to do it, uh, then you know, then they'll write. Uh, but 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 here's the tough part, and here's here's the singular hardest thing about being a a black writer in in Hollywood. It's, and it's a tough it's a tough place to be situated because on the one hand, you go okay, uh, you know if there's a okay. you know, if there's a great black act or something like that, you know you certainly go well. You know I'd love the opportunity to work with someone whose references I know I probably know the culture whatever sure, it right. is. Okay, great. So, but then if I do that, then I'm pigeonholed as the black guy that can only write for the black guy. You know, but then if I try to go for a white guy, you know I can probably be on the staff, but I'm likely not going to get the showrunner gig. You right. know, they're not going to call me up and go, hey, we want you to run the Tim Allen show. Not that I can't do it. Not that we don't have blue collar references or I didn't go to Sears. You know, shit, I had a Sears. I got tools. I know what the fuck you're talking about. We right. had a yard. We fix shit. <laughs> you know, it's like that's not some experience that's outside of, of you know, of, of where I lived and how I grew up and the shit that I experienced. But there's a mindset in place that says you're not the same as that. But then, you know, it's that, that same mindset is not in place when it's time for Don Rio to run, you know, right. Damon's that's show. Because I feel like uh-huh. I... I've, uh-huh. I feel like I couldn't, uh, I couldn't write or run a bl- some blue collar comedy show. You know, I mean, I, I couldn't run a show right, right now. Right, but know what I'm you would be given the opportunity. Yeah, right. right. They, they'd call you and say, "Hey, you know, you Jeff Foxworthy do is doing a new sitcom. You know, right. you, we we want to talk to you." Right. But I know that goes to that thing of like that's the, it's a blessing and a curse. Because well, and and because through this they will. Oh, you mean they, you mean big dicks? They will ask me to write a black show. Right. But but here's the good news. Right. I get I get black offers to white offers probably seven to one. So I'm in the same boat. What wait, what do you mean? Meaning I get offered black shit right. every day and I get offered white shit so rarely. Oh right. Because it's just a right. it's purely a commercial thing. Right. It's purely like a, well, you do that. Right. So do more of that. Do more of that. And and they they like you know uh, in, in in a in a uh, it's like hey Neil knows how to talk to black people this is great yeah so we can have a black act but we have a person that could translate for us no I know I know well, <laughs> Neil like Neil speaks right. black That's no funny. Neil's <laughs> bilingual and he, so are you I I think they would assume that I'm more bilingual than you are well you're you're a white person that speaks black I'm a black person that speaks white they're like we yes, can talk to Ali but I think they they don't know how well I speak black. 
But they assume that you won't speak white as well as I, I speak, speak black. black. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Which, is, which is racist and true. It's yes. not black to be well-spoken. Right. Uh, but there is – but having said that, you get opportunities – it's a fucking. It's a fucking. Well, you're thing right. You get opportunities. That, you get opportunities that, that you wouldn't not. get. Well, I mean, we're we're all at the mercy of a group of people that have absolutely no fucking idea of how this works. Yeah. For that, and that that's that's really you know what it is. Okay. Having I've come to the conclusion in over the last year that maybe I write black comedy better than white comedy, and I just have to live with that. But what what does that mean, though? Uh, it means black performers. Mm-hmm. It means uh, black verbiage. Right. It means. Uh, so you're like the Gary Owen of writers. Some somewhat. I mean, potential. I can write for white people. Right. But my my I my, I can write. I write really Dude, well for black people too. I, I, I just figured it out. You should write a show for Gary Owen. That's hilarious. If you they did, if he did that, they would both cease to exist. Neither of them <laughs> would, would cancel each other. Yeah, it would just yeah. stop being real. It actually wouldn't even. It would be broadcast as black. It would on be the, a black yeah. show. On the premiere night, it would just be static, and no one would yeah, ever right. see either of you again. Yeah. No, but that's the. So I, I'm trying to like lighten, like go, like it's not just because you're black. It's also because you have a black uh, pedigree. Right. Of yeah. writing White for black. And then black maybe people. you write better. Do you ever think like, wouldn't you, when you're writing characters, don't you want to have a number of black characters? Well, here's, here's the thing. It's, it's you know. I, it's a minefield, basically. Here's, here's the tough part of, of being uh, uh, stereotyped. Um, you know, if you're lucky and you put a lot of effort into it, you can break out of that shit and you can be Lenny Kravitz, go fuck it, I do rock, and right. I'm just not going to quit. <laughs> right. and, and fuck it, if I don't get played on the black radio station, I don't care because I'm just going to keep doing this rock until you yeah. all take me seriously. But then you Which know, has yet to happen. You kind of have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, so, so from the mindset of the people who have to uh, communicate these ideas and, and who have to sell these ideas and put money up for these ideas, stereotypes work best because it takes the minimal amount of thought. Mm-hmm. You know, all of the fucking nuance that you might understand because of your relationships with black people and having been in those circumstances and in those rooms, or, or, you know, if I had spent a ton of time around Jewish people and I might understand that nuance and that language, yeah, they're not quite ready. They're not sure they want to trust that. Right. They're like, yeah, you know you were in that room and you know you know how to yeah. talk to those people, but I don't know that you know how to talk to those right. people. And I'm the one that has to go into the other room and ask the guy for $40 million so you can do this show. And I'm not prepared to go in there and try to convince him that you know what the fuck you're talking yeah. about. I need to know that you know what the fuck you're talking about and i'm not sure that i do so i'm gonna go get this white guy yeah it's also yeah what's gonna make me look smart yeah so i mean you know i i understand i understand why someone if this it's you know what it is it's 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 playing defense it's like yeah if this fails then they're gonna go why did we hire a black guy to write a jewish show but the thing they would never have that same thought if they'd hired a white guy they would just think no they no they would say it's like you know what he just never really cracked the voice right <laughs> but they would probably say that well, I cracked you. the voice earlier remember <laughs> yeah, when I cracked yeah. your voice yeah. you snatched it right out yeah. of my throat I didn't just crack it I took it <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so what do you, do you do you find yourself consumed with that do you even do you ignore it do you no I mean you know it's it's you want to be. Sometimes I get annoyed. Uh, There are occasions where I actually do to get angry Mm -hmm. because, you know, you might be talking to a person who I don't know. You might be talking to a group of people 
whose collective years in entertainment and especially in comedy are a fraction of what mm-hmm. yours are. It's crazy. You know, it's like, dude, I've been doing this shit for a long fucking time. Everything that you know, I know that and more. And they have to sit and try to be the arbiter of what's going to work. And I'm going, yeah, didn't you motherfuckers have a show on with a monkey last year? Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like everybody in Hollywood is desperate to prove their their value. And you know, almost none of them have any. And right. I mean, you know, in, in the landscape, in the landscape of comedy, if you just gave a guy a check and said, give me the best fucking version of whatever it is you can do, it might fail. It might work, but you'd the really... The odds are the exact same. The exact That's fucking I, same. They're, mathematically, it's the same. Just right. give him no notes. You, I always say when you develop a show, you have to get lucky as the writer that you that the executives right. don't fuck up your show. You right. literally... It's it's like being it, with the right girl but, and, and whether... It's like you have to hope that they don't... They You're powerful enough to either deflect their notes right. or right. you have to just hope that they... They are secure enough to not fuck your show up. No, but the thing is about notes. If they give notes, if they bombard every show with notes, then every show that succeeds got their notes. And so, therefore, they have value. Oh, I yeah. gave that show. I shaped that show. But in the landscape yeah. of success, you're, you're talking less than baseball averages. You know, these motherfuckers aren't even hitting no, 200. No doubt. Well, that's what, <laughs> what the guys at my work were saying was like everyone who – Everyone who works for NBC, old school executives at NBC, they always say, oh, yeah, I was very involved in uh, in Friends, and I was very involved yeah. in whatever the other one. I don't know, it was right. Cheers. Or, I yeah, had a, they don't oh, mention and Veronica. NBC, and they, they always they always, oh, yeah, I, was, I developed Friends. That's my show, Friends. Right. And it's like, oh, none of the other shows that were on for yeah. less than Veronica's 20? Closet? Yeah, yeah, no, no, but, yeah, nobody comes up and goes, you know, I was, I was really, I was at the forefront of animal practice. I was the one that, <laughs> right. I gave him a lot of notes. Yeah, no, nobody that. claims that. Yeah. And see, here's the fucked up thing about just the process of, of, you know, being a comedian, especially, you know, you own your failure. Yeah. So when you go out and you do your act and your shit tanks, or you know, you, it's like you own that. You have to respond to it and determine what you're going to do next. You, not even what you're going to do next, what you're going to do right now. Right. Because yeah. right now your shit's tanking. And and maybe the audience is polite and they sit there quietly and, and let you suffer and then you do your 10 more minutes and then you're out of there. Maybe they're from Harlem and they boo you the fuck off the stage. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen in that moment and then you got to decide what you're going to do the next time you come back on. Right. But you own your success and you own your failure you know to be in an executive well yeah you can't just go uh you know uh i i i did that hit joke right right right. yeah i did yeah i wrote that you know that last one y'all laughed at you know that 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 closing joke yeah i wrote i don't know who wrote that shit shit that fucking tanked (laughs) well that's a great that's a great power of stand-up actually it's like you live and die by yourself it's like and no and you have complete agency over yourself as a performer if 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 cats got called out at the network, like, all right, who's responsible for this monkey shit? Right, you're fired. <laughs> who, who, Stan, who wrote that one? Right, you know, because yeah, when 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 there's a when there's a staff. Well, the thing is, the guy who wrote the monkey show probably wrote something good before that. But right. but no no but not not the not the guy that wrote that. You know, the the guy that that comes up with the idea and he thinks this thing is funny. I'm sure that if you sat and you listened to him, he probably can explain to you, you know, why he thinks it's funny or what was funny about it. And and I believe that to an audience, to an audience that is like minded, that it is funny. But when you go through the gauntlet and then they tell you to change this and change that and do this thing and do that thing and, you know, and switch this thing around, whatever. There's no collective ownership of we all took part. It's like that fucking yeah. uh, Agatha Christie the murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Everybody killed him. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, motherfucker, we all did it. But nobody else stands up and goes, yes, I, I stabbed. Well, I, yeah. well, animal practice was actually 
noted to death. They that they were so noted so hardcore they lost their showrunner and they got a new one and then just collapsed. But do you know this? Mm. That do you know who the highest uh, testing character on NBC last season was? The monkey. The monkey. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. who knows anything? <laughs> Nothing yeah. matters. Uh, yeah. And the monkey is someplace going. Man, this bullshit. I was in animal <laughs> practice, right? No, like, I can't get another show. Oh, the monkey's from Mogadishu. It <laughs> 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 was plucked from the jungles of Mogadishu. Man, man. Look, man. man the reality is, the black voice is funny. <laughs> okay, I'm not. Well, I <laughs> wouldn't a, argue yeah. that. Look, it's you, especially voice. if you do it in various pitches. <laughs> yeah, if you monkey can, if pitch. you can get a, you, if you know, get it to monkey pitch. Pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, and so, what would you? What's your kind of? Well, I'm not angry about. It. No, I don't. You don't strike me as angry. No, I mean, I, it's 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 really hard to get angry after a while because when it's you know when it's a you know even on the on the shit that's not a huge. It's the money's still pretty great. Look, man. I mean, you know, here, here's the you know the reality is, and and you know to the extent that you feel like you would like to have this this unequivocal consideration, you know, to be able to do the best thing that you know you're capable of doing. But at the same time, you know, there's no, you know, I always say this: you don't have a right to be in show business. Mm-hmm. So you can pick the ways in which you want the to. Fuck you, say to my sister. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's like, yeah, if if I want direct access to the audience, I can always go pick up the mic. Right. Now, now, granted, if I just go pick up the mic, then, you know, I can be, you know, you can go and Kevin Hart that shit and be like, I'm going to be the baddest motherfucker and get a huge crowd. And that's just what I'm going to do. And then you all can't fuck with me. Or, you know, you can go, well, I'm going to try and be a part of this system and whatever. And then you you deal with that. So they're all choices. So you can't be mad because you chose to get involved. And in are shit. you of the mind that given uh, a perfect situation, you could write a show that would be very popular? It, no notes, nothing. They just give you the money, and they give you the cameras, and they give you, like, do you think then, like, oh, I know what I... I, I know I could write a show that would be very good. I don't right. know if it would be very popular, because why things become popular are, you know, there, there's so many things that are out of your control. You know, the moment in time where a particular thing hits and how people are reacting to something, you know, and, and, and why they picked you versus something else emotionally. Why do they feel this? What you like? Right. Why is Kevin Hart the hottest comic right now? Right. You know, well, a bunch of shit happened in order for that to occur. Right. You know, fucking, you know, Cat Williams flamed the fuck out. Yeah. You know, hey, Kevin Hart shows up and he works hard and he's funny yeah. and he's energetic and, and he seems to have a good time entertaining us. And we appreciate that. That shit right. in a fucking recession and I want to spend my money on something worthwhile and Cat Williams just cursed out somebody and hit a guy in the face with a baseball bat and he used to fuck out of here. So we really, Kevin Hart looks You're really talking good. talking in, in present tense. That just happened. Yeah, that actually yeah. Uh, minutes before we yeah. came in. <laughs> we all were punched by Cat and, that, and that's here. no And that's absolutely no slight against Kevin, but you know, uh, uh, Robin Harris Kat. Robin Harris dying clears the way for Bernie Mac. Yep. You know, so, you know, was Bernie always as funny? Sure. You know, but this guy being out of the way, right. you know, as sad as his departure was, it clears the deck. And it's like, oh, there's another guy that, that has been compared to this dude, but the other dude isn't there now. Right. So now we can all focus on him. You know, Robin Harris leaving the Comedy Act Theater clears, clears the way for Martin Lawrence as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Martin Lawrence is the host of Def Jam because there's no Robin Harris. Right. So it's like, yeah, I could be good. I am good. I know that I can do that. Now, whether or not something becomes popular, who the fuck knows? 
you know, why does fucking anything become right. do people out there fucking doing a Harlem shake and putting on masks and shit? And that's popular. Who knows why? Yeah. Did, did, did that guy plan to be popular? No, you can't plan. To oh, be my popular. God. Who the hell cares? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what advice would you give to a 25 year old uh, black kid who wants to be a comedy writer? I don't know, man. I, I, you know, if I, if I'm actually sitting talking with somebody, you know, um, I think I try to be um, encouraging, you know, if I know you. But in reality, I kind of feel like, you know, quit, get out of this business, leave, That's go what home, I always say. go away. You know why? Because this this is the mindset really is. If you want somebody to be in this shit, fuck trying to help them. Try and stop them. Because right. if you can stop them, they didn't belong here. Get the right. fuck out of here, man. You don't need to be doing this shit. You know, you know that scene in Boys in the Hood when when uh, right. uh, when Doughboy tells Trey to get out of the car. Oh, look at these motherfuckers. Y'all don't We've remember the scene. We've seen the movie. But yeah, we don't need to know it's frame for frame. Yeah, you need to know the scene where <laughs> Doughboy tells Trey to get out of the car. We'll keep talking. We'll this is jog before our they shoot the dude. This is at the end. Yeah, this is right. Yeah, they they they, they did the drive by. They killed uh uh they killed Morris Chestnut already. Right. And they're mad and they're about to go get the drive by guys. And and then Doughboy is like, basically, you don't fucking belong in this car. Get the fuck out of here. And he leaves. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Just yeah. like See? and yes, Boom. you should. You're not a gangster. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we about to go do some gangster right. shit yeah exactly right. yeah so this is time for you to leave i give and that if much you were a real you. gangster you'd be like i belong in this fucking if car. you were a real guy <laughs> yeah. you'd be like fuck this i'm not leaving we're going to shoot some people yeah. and i'm down you know so i mean it's, it's kind of like that you know if you're if you're writing and you want to be in this you know just be prepared to get your ass kicked you know it's going to be 90 no's to every 10 yeses if not 95 no's right like, me and my friends to it's going to be yeses. 10 drive-bys for every good yeah, day ten, yeah. <laughs> today was a good day yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I always say, my friend and I always say, co- comedy's not about whether or not you can succeed. It's whether you can fail and continue. Yeah, pretty much. Because it's, it's mostly failure. Yeah. It's mostly failure. That's I, mean, I said on Twitter, my, rec- my showbiz record is like two and six. <laughs> and and it's right. just nothing but failure. I can't I can't I can't begin. Cry me a river. I'm no, uh, sure. that's what I mean. It's nothing but failure. It is, but it's high paid failure. Yeah, I can't I can't tell somebody that you know it's like well I've been in development for a year and a half to be like fuck you you're in development right right you can actually yeah. call up NBC and talk to people there. You want to yeah. see you want to see <laughs> really? real failure, guys. Everybody, I rec- I'm making a recommendation for a documentary. It's called The Hollywood Complex. Has anyone seen it? I, I've I've started to watch it and couldn't. It's you mean so it's, creepy, right? Yeah, it's about this uh, um, the Oakwood apartment complex, right, 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 uh, and all of these parents who bring their children in from out of state for pilot season, right. It is the most fucking depressing, cringeworthy, make you wonder why you ever got involved in Hollywood shit. I mean, it's the worst. You got to watch the sh- the sh- a show called The L.A. Complex. Oh, yeah? T- t- take us through it. It's this... Uh, it's on CW, right? It's on the CW. Have you seen it? I have not, but I know it's there. Talk about it. It's just a uh, uh, bunch of people fr- from like Canada who live at a... It's kind of like a Melrose place, but it's just... It's made by the people who made Degrassi. So, like, the plots are just so over the top. Uh-huh. It just delivers. I mean, they're all having sex with each other and, like... So, I'm, so the I'm point sold. is that you've seen Degrassi, is what you're saying. I've seen yeah. a little bit of both. Well, and they're sure both, like, have. they're both, like, kind of fun to watch because they're so stupid, but... I've I'm, heard about I would recommend Degrassi. it. I would watch... That's I would Drake, watch the Hollywood watch one the Hollywood and then cleanse with L.A. Complex. The L.A. Complex. Isn't that where Drake comes from, Degrassi? That's yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would you recommend... What would you say to, uh, <laughs> to a... To an uh, to an eighteen year old Ali Leroy, 
What would I say to an 18-year-old Ali Leroy? Finish school. Okay. Why? You're so successful. Well, um, what, you're talking about I, college? I'm assuming you finished high school? Yeah, I finished. No, I did not finish college. Yeah, all this shit's been by hook or by crook. I, you know, uh, some guys have been fortunate enough to have something that they uh, think of as a, as a mentor or somebody to kind of guide them through. You know, I never had any of that. Um, and just the idea that as, as, as ethereal as all of this shit seems to be if you're in the nuts and bolts part of which is writing and directing and producing and shooting you know they there's actually a path you know you can go fucking be at a school where people make films and then you know lo and behold the people that make films come to the school where people make films to get people to make films right you know and to be in tv i didn't know any of that shit i went to you know i stayed for a little while at columbia college in chicago i went and there. took one acting the class uh, you did go there. I did go there. Aiden yeah. Quinn was in my, uh, uh, he was in my film class. Uh, you know, he's done fine. Yeah. You know, and I and I guess I've done okay. I don't know if he finished Yeah, school. I mean, if you'd stayed in, what if you'd stayed in school, you might have missed your bus. You know what I mean? You might have gone, ah, you know what? I don't think this is for me. You, you, you just never know. The universe is too, has too many variables. Well, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I look at it in, in this regard. There is a, there is a connectivity there, you know. If you're in any sort of institution that's tied to any other sort of institution, then there tends to be some sort of pipeline. If you're talking about being a stand-up comic, then fucking go get on the mic and see what you got. There's no school for that, period. And, and there's no school for writing well, but there is a, a channel of opportunity. Where did you learn most about writing? Where did I learn most about writing? Writing. That's what yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, the first, the first film I wrote, I wrote a, a you know, I wrote a feature and it, it was it was just it was an exercise. I had the Sid the Sid Field uh, mm -hmm. screenplay book, you know. Oh, and, yeah. and the exercise was let me see if I can write 120 pages of something. You know, and you bits and pieces, you learn how, how long is a script. Uh, you know, how do you write into your Sid Field tells you about act structure and all this sort of shit. You know, you're writing sketches. Can I write a TV show? Can I you know, so it, it is, it's just it was all experimentation. But the thing is, is that there's no there's no outlet. So if you, you know, if you're in school, say, you know, you might write, you can write a fucking short film and it's like, oh, okay, I have an idea of how, right. what happens when you write something scripted and then it gets shot and here are some of the things that occur. So yeah, if you're 18 or 19 now, you know, that shit's part of the, you know, it's, it's part of a curriculum and it's real. So you can go to AFI, uh, Los Angeles Film School, or, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, New York, uh, NYU or something and actually end up in the business. You know, they are actually I think you can just as easily now, especially I I I have the complete opposite advice. Not for an eighteen year old Ali Leroy. That would be weird. I have nothing to say to that. If you came to him or like, don't finish college. Trust um, me. Get us good together. information. I'm Neil from the future. Uh, no, I would say I I feel like with YouTube and all that shit, I the fact that anyone goes to college now to me is crazy with Google. The fact that there's Google is like just go on fucking Amazon. Google or, or go on like someone's there's got to be syllabi on well, Amazon. Well, they have right. keggers on Google? Well, the, they what? Have keggers? Actually, that's real. 
The no, primary yeah, reason I, to go to college. That is one that I missed out on college primary, is socialization. Is, yeah, you learn how to be an adult. <laughs> yeah. You learn how to be a kind of person. Meet some actresses or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, if, if, you, if you're going to be a stand-up, fuck it, just go and be a stand-up. And, you know, and go to school anyway, you know, you, you know, in case you fail at that shit. I didn't have a B plan. So, you know, maybe that's the, you know, my wife always says that to me when she talks to other people. She's like, I didn't have a B plan. I did not. It was be successful at this or be an abysmal failure. And then God Get knows rich what happens. Trying. That sounds yeah. like a B plan. Though? Well, yeah, it's, that was Fifty Cent. You know, die trying. Yeah, he he put die trying uh, in there too. You know, it's like let me get shot a few times. Yeah, yeah he, tried he tried. He tried to die. He tried to die trying and he failed. <laughs> yeah, was his A plan. Yeah, Moshe gave me the look. Like you know what? That's our closer right there. That's <laughs> that was a good go. one. He tried to die. Trying. Uh, all right, well, well, I know. Was, a clo- I got a close. I we you you're you may start your own podcast. So if you like this, look for Ali and Owen Smith, another guest of ours, is going to start doing their own podcast. Uh, we, I feel like we only scratched the surface. We only scratched, but the it surface. was it was still interesting. It was a deep and, surface. Uh, and but I'm guess what? I feel a little bit less neglected because you've paid attention to. Yeah, me. finally. So uh, thanks, man. Uh, I somebody sure. has to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Ali Leroy, the great Ali Leroy. Right. Uh, God, God bless. Continued success. Follow me on Twitter and get pissed at the shit I say. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. What are you all at, Mr. Leroy? At Mr. Leroy. All right. Later. Bye, everybody. Bye.